Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes and use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. It's another Friday episode. AJ, Nathan, you know the drill. Today we're going to be taking some of your guys' questions and and trying to answer to the best of our ability. We got a pretty wide range of things to cover. First off, AJ, how are you doing? Pretty good, man. Uh, this has not been the Friday I thought it was going to be so far. <laughs> some some curveballs in my schedule have changed it up on me a little bit, but I was able to go to the gym without the abs doing anything, so that was a success. Just go sit at the gym until Rantanen is signed. You're not allowed to leave. It's what people keep telling me to do. They're like, just go work out for eight hours a day. I'm like, oh my God, that sounds so exhausting. <laughs> it's it's one in the afternoon right now, and I want to go nap because I worked. Uh, <laughs> I, I worked hard at the gym this morning. I, I got in there, and I was like, I have exactly 30 minutes to make this count. Let's do this. Pumped and <laughs> normally, I'm way more casual. Like, okay, I'll get to it. A stretch, and I... You know, use the foam roller, and I get, like, nice and prepared. I did all that stuff at home this morning and rolled in there and was like, let's work. <laughs> and so I, uh, I I got my ass kicked a little bit, man. Well, it's always better when you do it to yourself, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it feels good. Uh, I was, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. I might have tweaked a hamstring because it's a Uh-oh. little sore. Uh-oh. But uh, it, it happens, you know. Well, you pushing, made it pushing those sleds up and down, you know, <laughs> yeah. one of those things that happens. I might have put a little too much weight on it today. You made it one day into football season before you're on IR. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> watching watching that preseason football game last night definitely made my eyes bleed. <laughs> All right. Well. Let's get into our first question here. We'll get to Av stuff soon, I promise. But I wanted to start off with a question that's asking about us a little bit. It's coming from Michael, and he wants to know more about us, what other jobs we've had, some favorite video games, movies, hobbies, stuff like that. Figured it would be a good one since I'm now officially part of the team to kind of get to yeah. know me a little bit. And and we'll start with you, though. I, I'm, I'm guessing your current favorite video game might just be Fire Emblem, but... Uh, it. I mean, it's the one I'm playing right now the most, but, you know, Marvel Ultimate Alliance uh, 3, The Black Order, came out last two weeks ago, and it was phenomenal. I've never played a game that felt more like an actual comic book while you were playing through it, the way that the graphics are and the artwork and all that. It's very stylish, and it's very, if you're a big Marvel fan, uh, the roster is, is really good, and the play styles are varied throughout all the different characters. Uh, I'm more of a melee guy myself, so I ended up playing a ton of Iron Fist and Psylocke and Luke Cage. But, whew, really fun game. Fire Emblem is also a masterpiece. It's it's a fantastic game. I mean, it it really is. Not just from a fanboy perspective of I love all Fire Emblem games, but uh, the story is great. I'm really starting to sink my teeth into it. I've been way behind everybody else. Uh, and even now, I'm only on, like, Chapter 7, and these games usually go, like, 30 chapters deep, so... Uh, I'm really not that far into it, but I'm I'm feeling it, man. Um, the Fire Emblem, as of right now, is would be like the thing that I play the most. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't play anything a ton right now. Maybe Rocket League or Counter Strike, but play for CS:GO. Yeah, some good. I'm not any good, but I try. <laughs> yeah, I was really bad at it, and I was just like, I don't like this. This isn't <laughs> this isn't fun when it's like you have to be excellent at this to really get like I think a really high quality experience out of it, or have a bunch of friends that don't care, and you guys just have a good time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely high floor game for sure. Oh my god, the skill cap in that like I can appreciate it a lot more when watching it now because right. after having played it, I, I I will watch some of the professional tournaments because I'm you know you get an idea of the game and you're like okay well I can I can this appeals to me more and woo those guys they just like one pixel of your head pops out you dead yeah they're and it's, Wow. Like, they have some of the fastest reaction times of human beings. It's Some of them, it's seriously like a tenth of a second or less. And it's just absurd. Yeah. It's it's crazy, man. Like, I, I played Halo at a real, real high level back in the day. Yeah. Halo 2 was my jam. Yeah. That was my, that was my, my noise back then. <laughs> but I, uh, nah, man. Even then, I look at... The stuff I used to do to people, and then and then what happens to me when I play CS:GO? I'm like, no, <laughs> just not the same. I'm like, I'm like y'all, y'all on a different level of crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Some other parts of the question. Some previous jobs for me. I had a really interesting job working at a truck stop. There are some adventurous stories that I probably can't tell on this podcast from there. Um, I also hear that. <laughs> I also worked at a call center, multiple call centers actually, but but one for a lot longer than the other. I think I can still do the Thank you for calling blank.com. My name is Nathan. How can I help you today? Yeah, um, I worked at Airbnb's call center. Oh, uh, there you go. So, I uh uh actually loved that job. <laughs> I, I So enjoyed it a lot hopefully it's my last ever customer service job but weirdly (laughs) weirdly really liked it yeah the one call center was really good until we got a new boss and then it wasn't good anymore (laughs) oh yeah yeah it it went downhill quickly but it happens now i'm working here so no complaints (laughs) yeah it's funny funny how that progression works where you're just like well i'm just gonna zig and zag and until I find the right place and hopefully things work out. Yeah. Don't have to do it to do this again for a while. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, favorite movie really quick as well, maybe. Oh, geez. That's like asking me to pick a favorite child. Okay. Well, do you have a favorite movie? I always cop out on this question and say band of brothers, even though it isn't a movie. It's like a mini series. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, yeah, he's, he's thinking hard. You know, I I love movies, and I love a lot of different movies. Can't pick just one. Yeah, it's it's really, really, really tough. Um, if you put a gun to my head and said you absolutely have to pick one, I would probably pick Notting Hill. Never even seen it, so uh, it's a rom com. Aha, aha! The truth comes out. Yeah. Oh, I, dude, I love, love, love rom coms, and I, like, I'm the I'm the guy that like 
when I when I browse Netflix, I start at rom coms every day, and then people will suggest movies to me and be like, "Oh, hey, you should check this out." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I saw that the day it came out." Because I will, I will go and I will, I will devour any rom com that comes out. It's like Netflix is like, "Oh yeah, we're we're having this big, you know, oh you got to come see Set It Up. It's about these two cute assistants." And I was like, "I'm there." Watched it twice the day it came out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, I mean, you gotta, you gotta know who you are. You gotta know what you like. Right. And oh, yeah. for whatever reason, man, rom-coms and I have always just been where it's at. I also really, really love scary movies. See, we're just polar opposites in movies then. Cause I, I love to kick back with a good action flick, but I hate scary movies. Oh, the John Wick movies are Yes, so I good, love dude. The John Wick movies, man. God, they are. I I was actually like reading a thread on Twitter today about them, and they're unbelievable. Like they really have elevated action movies. I'm I'm so into uh, the John Wick movies. Just elevating the action movies as a as a whole. Well, have you seen the like training Keanu did for it? I did. It's crazy, yeah, dude. He's a monster, man. Oh man, and and uh, Hobbs and Shaw came out today, and I don't care what anybody says. I am all about the Fast and Furious movies. I've seen all of them many, many times. I will continue to watch them as long as they keep making them. I will continue to pour money into seeing them because they're just fun. They're just fun for me to watch. I'm not looking for anything like groundbreaking. I'm just looking for recognizable and familiar action stars beating on each other and doing cool stuff with cars. Is that <laughs> is that so bad? I'm there saying people out there who are like, these are terrible movies. They don't even make sense. You know what? Fine. Don't watch them. More for me and Rudo. <laughs> I can kick back with it any day, man. I don't need to be that invested in the story. Sometimes I just want to <sighs> see stuff blow up. Right? Like that, like what, what was it like fast and the furious six, where it was like the longest runway in the history of runways with that giant cargo plane. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a 17 minute scene with this plane that was that was rolling Just the whole time. Took off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, man. And I've, I like I got done watching and I was like, wow, that was a really long runway. And then I think about that stuff and I get mad at myself because I'm like, AJ, you don't really care about that. <laughs> Does it really matter? It, seriously. Well, one thing I can tell you is I'll probably never be a movie star because I just, my teeth aren't great. And as you guys may or not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right, you simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Okay, let's jump into an abs question now. The recent news, we got this question from about four different people. Kevin Shattenkirk is a free agent after being bought out. Where do you see him going? Is he a fit for the Avs being a right-handed D? I don't know if I have that much to say on this. The Avs are pretty darn crowded at D right now anyway. Yeah. I just don't see it fitting, at least for the Avs. Yeah, I I can understand, like, hey, on, like, a one-year deal for, like, $2 million or something. Right. Why not, right? Like, okay, you get him in there, and then, you know, your right side is uh, Johnson, McCarr, and Shattenkirk. 
Uh, and your your left side is what Gerard Zadorov and eventually Cole, maybe Byram. Yeah. Like, and you have a lot of puck moving ability there. There's the obvious upside, but are you going to give him the power play time he really needs to get his full value? It wouldn't make sense for him to want to come to Colorado uh, unless <laughs> unless they promise to play him over Makar and over Gerard in a power play quarterback. A spot where he can maximize his value and maybe earn a little bit of money next year going into the market again. So I don't know why Colorado would be of interest to him. Yeah, I agree um, if he wanted to come and play in Colorado's third pairing, like I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not above talented players playing for cheap. But you know, a team that I thought would make a little bit of sense might be New Jersey. Yeah, um, maybe even the Islanders. They both could use a little bit of help on that on their defenses. Um, and we already know Shattenkirk loves that area. So. Right. And, and you know, doesn't have to go very far. So it would be fine. And they could, they could, they all have needs there. Uh, Jersey, you know, with Butcher and, and Vatanen and now with Subban, you would expect uh, there's little competition for the power play job there too. Yep. But, you know, Shatten, I think Shattenkirk, if he's, if he's healthy, I think he can still help out a, a team just with with a little more managed expectations than what he he had going on with the Rangers. When hey, I mean he suffered a nasty injury and that's and that really set him back. And so I don't even know how healthy he is. So it's another 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 uh, part of that discussion would be the health, you know. But otherwise, like. If he was, if he wanted to open it up, uh, and and really try and recoup some money somewhere, you know, the Jets, um, the Kings, I think would be another good one. Yeah, Kings. Where you're not trying to win any cups, but you'll make some right. Money. You're where you're trying to rebuild personal value to to make, uh, to to make money next year, right? And maybe get a multi-year deal. You know, come a three-year deal show, show. Hey, I'm back. Yeah, I'm back to being the good player that I was for several years before the problems with the Rangers kicked up, and that was the anomaly. I'm good to go. Uh, I think a team like the Kings would make a lot of sense there. And if he's having a good season, you know, the Kings can always just move that guy at the deadline and recoup some value for him. Yeah, so I, I, I think that's the route I would take if I were Shattenkirk. Is the Canucks? Yeah, someone. <clears throat> Somewhere that you have plenty of opportunity to prove yourself, yeah. and then you can kind of go from there, assuming that with the opportunity he takes advantage of it. For sure, uh, I would. I would if I'm if I'm him. I'm looking for opportunity over winning culture. Yeah, agreed. All right, next question comes from Lucas. I put this one in here just because I know it upsets you, AJ. Well, okay. The Avs still don't have a real third third string <laughs> goaltender. Uh, do you really think that they're comfortable with Werner as the guy, or do you still expect someone to be brought in and signed, whether it be Hunter Miska, who's already in the org, or someone outside it like Cam Ward? Well, with Mason McDonald and Hunter Miska, they're at five goalies. They're just only at three on NHL, NHL deals. deals. Yep. So I think they're done, honestly. Yeah, I... I've said all along that I'm fine with Werner being the number three and you can manage goalies later. It is a little bit silly that they end up giving up assets for that goalie down the line. But 
a third string goalie is a third string goalie, whether it's a total wild card in Werner or, or Miska, or if it's someone with a little bit more experience, you just never know what you're going to get out of a guy like that. They're the way that they've approached the goaltender position in their organization is totally polar opposite of all the other spots though. Yeah. You know, we've seen them go with young guys in both uh, McDonald and uh, Miska. And yeah. on, and, and it's like young guys on AHL deals, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and they've been loading up on, they've been going crazy on these like older depth guys on, on AHL deals for the Eagles to, to buoy them both at forward and on defense. You know, they're, they're 15 deep at all these positions. It's crazy how much, how many bodies that they brought in to compete for all these spots. And then at goaltender, they're like, nah, but they've got their five guys right now. It's just three of them are on uh, NHL deals and two are on AHL deals. So I think, I think given what they've brought in so far, I think they're probably finished and the, the, the market's totally empty unless they've got like a PTO. I could see a PTO for a guy like Scott Darling. If he wanted yeah. it. Yeah, that would make sense for a PTO. You know, and see what that guy's then, got, yeah. see what he see if he if he even wants to do it. I could I could see a PTO, but after that I think I I don't think they've got an actual contract lined up or even somebody that they're after. I think it would be a PTO or nothing. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I they've made their bed and it's kind of time to lie in it as far as the goalies are concerned. Uh, one final question for segment one, Sean asks, what is the best brewery in Colorado? So it's time that I acknowledge Breckenridge brewery and the the official beer of PSN Denver. Don't mind dunking that (laughs) alley-oop. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world famous avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. You certainly did at the bar crawl last week. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a lighthearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you who don't know what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for the Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar over on bsndenver.com. We just launched it this past month, and we have all of our events up on there that we have planned, which you can RSVP to and come drink Breck beers with us. So come have a good time for that. We will be back in segment two with more of your questions. Second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast with Nathan and AJ. We are presented by The Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to your closest Green Solution for pickup. Once again, use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase there. AJ. I have a question from someone you know quite well. Okay. Comes from Zedel on Twitter. <laughs> Should toilet paper be on the roll under or over? You know, uh, she doesn't even care. She's only asking this to get my blood pressure up. <laughs> she doesn't even care. <laughs> For me, it should be over. I agree. It is unders, over. Unders are just monsters. Every time I go into a public place and it's under, I switch it. <laughs> you go out of your way to switch it. Yeah, I'll see it and I'll be like, Mm-mm. 
not accepting this. I'm I am not supporting the serial killers out there who are who are unders. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure on the very very old patent for toilet paper rolls it is over. So that's factually correct. That's just I mean that's just being on the right side of history. Exactly. <laughs> There's a correct answer and it's over. <laughs> yeah, and yet asked asked by a person that doesn't care either way. <laughs> She's totally apathetic. I asked her this one time. And it was like, nah. She just shrugged. I don't Whichever. Know. She just doesn't doesn't matter it to on me. The back of the toilet on the what? tank, what not even on the holder. Doesn't matter to you. How can you not have an opinion on this? <laughs> okay, uh, we ended off last segment with some goalie talk. I want to stay in that vein here. Abs Germany on Twitter asks. The Ebs have a fairly easy schedule to begin the season uh, with a number of off days between games. What are your expectations for how they work in Francis and how many games across the season do you expect him to play? I don't know, man. <laughs> Good answer. I They use their goalies so weirdly. Bedner's always been so weird about his goalies. It's like the one thing I can never get a real rhythm on. Uh, most of his lineup choices, I, I understand. But how he goes about his goalies, dude, I don't, I don't get. I totally expect Fransuz to get one of the first four starts of the season. Yeah. Because you don't really want your backup just sitting there for two weeks. That's true. But they also have uh, they have back to backs in weeks three and four of the season, so you totally expect him to play one of those. Yeah, like yeah. each week, right? And, and looking on a bit of a bigger scale, they certainly seem to learn their lesson with Varley. That I think they'll want to get Francis probably at least twenty five, maybe even thirty plus games across the season. Yeah. I think Francis will just will determine that if he of plays course. really well, then you're comfortable giving him more and more. Right. Uh, but... If he really struggles, then, you know, maybe we see him 12 times and it's like, boy, that was a problem. Yeah. That if he's looking that week and the abs don't have a third goalie, that is not a great combo. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I agree. It is hard to judge without knowing what Francis is at a, at the NHL level, really. But I think the plan would be to, to have him be a solid backup that can take a little bit of the pressure off group, at least. Yeah. I, ideally he plays 25 games. Yeah. So this, yeah, we can move away from goalies now. Uh, Another kind of a quick one here. I did some research on this, so I'll let you answer first, but your boy Meeks asks, who is the most obscure player that has played for the Avs in the last 10 years? I don't know what the... I don't know what the obscure... I went with like likely to be least known. Yeah, boy, I don't, I don't know. No, got nothing? I mean, I'd have to, like, go through their rosters yeah. and be like, Ugh. I was just curious to see what you had off the top of your head, because I actually did that before the show. And Sean Bell you. would be my favorite. That is very high on the list. Uh, a couple of other ones. Evan Brophy. Okay. Uh, and... Oh, hang on. 
What about Ray Macias? Yes, that one is that one who, is very. Who played high. both forward and defense? <laughs> Wes O'Neill is up there as well. Um, oh, Jesus, a couple of ones that you could maybe consider obscure, but people might actually know. The guy we talked about on yesterday's episode, Thomas <laughs> Vinsour. Vinsour, yeah. Uh, ben Street, uh. who broke his back, and then for a goalie, Roman Will, of course. Yeah. I remember Roman Will. Oh, that was yeah. like their that was like one of their first forays into the Euro free agent market when Wa showed up and like they, they started really diving into that. Yeah. Because they were like, wow, these drafted prospects are not good. We've got to do something. Let's go get a bunch of Euros. Let's <laughs> sign a bunch of Euros. And like yeah. Borna Rendelich ended up making the team and ugh. Hey, Everberg was half decent. <laughs> his career was so backwards like for it him really to go was. like a solid first year and then a disastrous second year and then everybody was like well we're done with that and then he ended, he's, he's ended up being a really good player over there in, yeah. in europe he like led the shl the first year he went back yeah, <laughs> yeah which of course like further drove his fans crazy right <laughs> Um, all right. Another question here. This is one I found interesting because I kind of did my best to block this idea from my mind. Can Avalanche on Twitter actually has three questions, but I'm cherry picking one part of it was thoughts on the Avs in overtime this coming season and how they can improve from the disaster that was <laughs> overtime for them last year. We saw them adjust at the end of the year and be way more competitive at the end of the season. And yeah. it was it was basically just stop doing dumb stuff. Pretty much. Stop. I mean, almost all of their overtime losses. It wasn't like overly bad luck. It was. It wasn't like why is Bednar playing this guy? You know, like every every single overtime loss. You're it, there's always one guy out there who's like Bednar's a moron. Why would he play these guys in OT? And it doesn't matter what the lineup is. Like there there were guys who it was like oh. Why is Barry out there? And then he would play Gerard. Why is Gerard out there? And then he'd play Johnson and he'd play Zadorov. And, and there was always like people out there who were mad about all of that. Right. And really their biggest problem, it was never personnel. It was just that they too many self-inflicted wounds, too many they, dumb things. Right. They dump the puck out and then two of their three guys would change <laughs> and there would be no one covering back as they just shot the puck up the ice. Right. Like there breakaway. no better example than the New Year's Eve game that they lost against the Kings where Rantanen went for the change. Yep. Landeskog goes like hauling ass onto the ice, <laughs> dives across center ice, trying to stop the, the stretch pass to a wide open Dustin Brown. Yep. And it was just, it was just like, it, it was, you just can't do that. <laughs> it was such a stupid change. And it was like, what are you doing? And the, the game that they lost in St. Louis in December, where they had the power play for the, for the guy that had the, um, uh, because uh, somebody picked up Pareko's stick and played with it, even though he had the, because he has the big stick and other guys aren't allowed to play with it. And they got the, they got the power play and everybody was freaking out. And then O'Reilly gets a clean breakaway on a four on three and has all day in the world to do whatever he wants and scores. And they win that game. 
And Bedner was so pissed afterwards. That's as mad as I've ever seen Bedner was <laughs> after that game because he's like, "Is our best players out there in a four on three. And because I mean, as a coach, you're totally helpless. What do you do yeah. in that situation as as a coach? Right. It's I, what can you do? I mean, you have to have confidence in your players to not right. just totally. You go. You put your. Off. You have a power play in overtime, late in overtime, and you have your. You have the top line in hockey plus Tyson Berry, who's an elite puck mover, an elite offensive defenseman, and. <laughs> They they blew it like in a big and obvious and predictable way, and it was just like at that point you just throw your hands up because it's like, what am I supposed to do here? Right. And yeah. he after the game he was like, look, they just have to play better. They're just they're playing stupid hockey, and that was really the crux of it. They were so many self inflicted wounds in overtime last year, and next year, and we saw we saw they made a conscious effort to chill out and to to be very careful in overtime the rest of the season. And they ended up, you know, I think the turning point for them was that three games that they went out East, that they lost all three games in overtime back to back to back in a row. Yeah. You know, when, when they went caps, Isles, Bruins, and each one of those overtimes was really good and really competitive. And they had their chances to win in, in both of them. And that was when I think they'd really turned the corner because they had found success. They had found competitive because they hadn't even been competitive to that point. And in those three games, they were very competitive and they played a different way. They And, and they were better down the stretch. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. The last couple of overtimes of the season, especially, you could tell they were a team that was laser focused in overtime to the point where I think they were actually reeling back in their offense a little bit to make sure that no one was doing anything dumb. Definitely. They definitely were being more cautious offensively and that's fine. Wait for the other team to make the mistake, right? Because that's what teams had been doing to the abs and it was really successful. Yeah. It, it killed us. <laughs> the abs really, really struggled to, to not be the team to make the mistake for the majority of the season. And, on top of that, do you expect to see Kale McCarr in overtime? This yes, a hundred percent. Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon on the same ice? Are you serious, dude? Dude, <laughs> whatever. Done. <laughs> whatever. I don't. I whatever. That's so silly. All right. One final question for segment two here. It's August, so let's do some way too early predictions. Who are you expecting to be potential Calder finalists, excluding Kale McCarr? Uh, and this is from Nathan. Capo Cacao, Quinn Hughes. Maybe Jack. I really Maybe. don't know about Jack this year just because I don't know about his role, and I think it will take him some time to adjust. Um, Gusev is too old, right? Yeah, I think he's 27. So if, if he's too old to count, then not him. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, certainly Kako and Quinn Hughes. Do you have I a agree. third one? I agree with Kako. Uh, I'd throw a wild card and say Zadina. Okay, I could buy that. Yeah. 
again, kind of depends on the role because they they've got a handful of young guys. Uh, what is what, <laughs> what does Ottawa's roster look like? How many young guys do they yeah. have? True, there could you be know? a ton of guys over there. Eric Eric Brandstrom uh, could be one of the guys as well. Does um, Robert I, Thomas I think they've got Drake Batherson mm-hmm. is going to be making his. It will be like his like real rookie season. I know he played a handful of games last year. I don't know if he broke them the mark for it though. Yeah, um, sure. could be a handful of guys from Ottawa just because they're going to get a ton of minutes. Right, plenty of opportunity to play there. That's true. Logan Brown will get a lot of minutes there. Why? low-key love logan brown oh yeah i've never been a big fan but i really like him lots of minutes and you just never know yeah right there's always one that comes out of nowhere right so yeah um anaheim would be another good place to look because i think there will be uh i think sam Steele will probably get a look yeah, I guess he didn't play enough games, has he? And I don't, I don't know if he broke that threshold. I know he played in quite a few last year, but I don't know if he broke the actual like. Yeah, I think he was just short. Okay, then definitely Sam Steele yeah. is a guy. That it's twenty five games is the twenty five. Okay, yeah, and he played twenty two. So <laughs> by the skin of his teeth on that one. Yeah, if it can't be Kale McCarr, then definitely. Uh, definitely Quinn Hughes and Capo Cacao are my two like horses in that race. Yeah. Uh, but a handful of interesting prospects from around the league that we, we just named that I think we're all good candidates for sure. So that's going to do it for segment two for us here. We'll come back with more of your questions in segment three as well. But first, whoever wins the Calder certainly going to be a game changer. So It's time for me to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door third and final segment of the bsn avalanche podcast for this friday aj we started off each segment with a non-hockey related question we're going to do the same thing here and i'm going to need your help on this one concussed cowboy asks power rankings of where to get buffalo wings in colorado now i enjoy buffalo wings but i'm not a big connoisseur i just go to the local buffalo wild wings and things like that nothing fancy yeah i i'm pretty open about where i get my wings from i think it's hard to screw them up yeah Um, but there's also like like great wings stand out for sure um there's a place here in aurora called wing hut that i absolutely love it's very very good yeah. Uh, I used to live right, right, right by it a couple years ago. I don't anymore, so I don't go as much. But right near, it's right down the street from the uh, uh, Dry Dock Brewery. Mm-hmm. Really quite tasty wings there. Lots of good, lots of different flavors. And they have a bar. You can actually sit and drink beer there if you'd like to. Nice. Uh, so that's that would be my like like 
number one. Like my like local recommendation, not my yeah. like, well, I'll just go to this big chain anywhere. Right. Yeah. Because I do I, like I like Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm I'm fine with those. Right. Wings. Uh, the, me too. I, I I'm not picky. Uh, the one place kind of like that. I think they might actually have two locations. But if you live in the foothills, uh, up in Morrison, there's this place called Willie's Wings that I used to go to in high school all the time, and it, those are some of the best wings I've ever had. That's coming from someone who hasn't had a ton of wings, but they would be very high on my my short list yeah you know and and i know this is just gonna sound like shilling but we enjoyed uh the wings quite a bit at the breckenridge brewery when we went over there and had dinner i'm gonna have to try them now then it was i mean they they were good yeah they were good solid wings lots of different lots of different flavor options it wasn't like you go in there and they're like oh hey we'll do we'll do like mild, hot, and honey barbecue. And that's it. Like you <laughs> yeah, can actually right. have some actual options there. So uh I like those as well. But yeah, I'm when it comes to wings, I'm just like, Psh, I'll eat those anywhere. Right. Give me the wings. Doesn't matter <laughs> where they're yeah. from. Yeah, I, I kind of go through phases where I really, really want wings, and then there's times where I could care less. But Yeah, same. There there will be like <laughs> long stretches where i'm like mm, i'm good and then yeah. there will be like a week where i'm like all i'm gonna do is eat, i'm gonna I'm just eat wings, wings that's it wings. more wings please yep <laughs> all right so there you go not not big wing connoisseurs on the abs podcast which i guess makes sense we, we're not big fans of wings around here that's right we're not <laughs> okay um uh, get into the abs questions here this is one that, uh, again, asked by Danny, but a lot of people sounded like wanted to hear the answer to. If we were the Avs GM for a day and you had the ability to make a one-for-one one trade, who would you send and receive? And then you can do a realistic one and then a fantasy one. Uh, well, I told you. I'm... Are you sticking to your guns on that one? Yeah, I, I am. I'll trade Bowen He's Byram so... for Andrei Sachnikov. <laughs> I'm sure the fan base is going to love that. <laughs> I'm less worried about the fan base and more worried about how Andrei Sveshnikov is going to be dominant. <laughs> Fair. So, I mean, he did he did acquire Svech in the GM draft, so yeah. I guess we should have expected that. Pretty pretty consistent in my uh in in what I'm after here. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a bit of a tough one for me. Uh I think what I would uh, really like to do is not reasonable. Mm-hmm. I would be looking to move Nikita Zadorov for someone in like the middle sixth winger caliber that's actually a proper winger and not just a center moved over to a wing. So you're you'd be looking like in a fantasy land, you'd be talking about like a Furland here or, or something like that, but that Oof. there's no way that would ever work. I mean, I don't know what, I don't really know what Z's value is. Right. I don't imagine it's very high league wide. Right. That's what I'm saying is like what I would want coming back for Z wouldn't, it wouldn't go. That trade would not work. <laughs> okay. But, 
If it, the, it let me be... let me put a twist on it. Okay. If there's one young player, say 24 and under, all right, in the league that you wanted to acquire, who would it be? Like uh, irrelevant of what we're sending back? No, keep it in, keep the keep it in mind. Like okay. Like, like the what would it take? Because, like, obviously, like I will do anything to get Svechnikov right. Like, I'm giving up all the fire; it's fine, right? Uh, but like, keep it in mind. Like, how comfortable are you giving up whatever it is that you would realistically have to give up to get him? But you don't care because you're so convinced that guy is going to be a superstar. Like, not like, oh, well, like he'll, you know, he'll be good. He'll give us 20 goals and 45 points. Like. But like a superstar, like this guy is going to take you, take your team to the next level. Okay. Uh, and hasn't really broken out yet, kind of. Or has. I mean, pick one. I'm, I'm okay. just curious, like which which would be like the, the one young player that you think you look around the whole league and you're like, got to have that guy. Boy, I mean, Ellis Peterson, but. <laughs> I mean, as a 2C behind Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Nasty. Right. Uh, I actually have a great one for the other category you said. Uh, in the, He probably won't be a superstar, but I think someone you could maybe look to get some value on and that I really, really like, if he can stay healthy, Nolan Patrick. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Why are you still a believer in the Nolan Patrick experiment? Because he's he's not so different from Tyson Jost in that he has some of those flashes. Mm-hmm. And again, like Jost, I think as he gets a little bit older and continues to fill out, that will help him. I think the skill will come through once he's strong enough to not just get the crap beat out of him every single game. But if he can't stay healthy, then it's going to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. So that's the risk that you're taking if you're looking to, to make a move on that. And depending on where Philly values him, he's not someone I would be super interested in overpaying for. Interesting. I would have thought that the young guy from Philly might be connect me. Yeah, that it's a very interesting guy, but maybe fitting closer into the, the high end caliber talent there than the, you're not giving up a ton to get a, get a player type. Okay. Yeah, it definitely up in the air. I, it's impossible to do a fantasy one because then I say we're trading the rights to Dennis Parshin from Connor McDavid, one for one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, you know, that's a waste. <laughs> right. Uh, next question. It's going to be a, a little more speculation here. This one's a little bit further down the line. This comes from a friend of the show, Luke from Winnipeg. Landis Gog, at the end of the coming season, will be up for his contract extension. Still a year left, but you can sign it July 1st. Assuming he goes about career average in points, where would you be looking to sign him? Where do you expect the abs to, to put that number with him? Uh, I would give him uh, seven years by seven and a half million. On the nose? All right, that's a pretty easy one. He also adds, uh, if Jost has a breakout year, does that change how you manage Landeskog, given you do have a number of contracts to take care of? No. 
I pretty much agree. You're, He's the captain of the team. You're bringing back Landis Cog at all costs. Right. I agree with that. And with Jost, you can get away with the two-year bridge, or you can go like what they did with Gerard, where they say, hey, we believed in this player, and now you know he gave us 45 points. Let's try to get him on a four- or five-year deal worth $4 million. And maybe you know by the end of that deal, he's a 60-point player or a 50-point player, and you're absolutely getting an insane steal with him. Or you just go the bridge route and make him prove it for two more years, maybe one more year, and then give him a longer-term deal. But I don't think I don't think whatever happens with Jost needs to affect whatever they're going to do with Landis Cog. Yeah. You've got I, to bring Landy back. Right. I, I'm with Landy's an ab for life, basically. Yeah. As long as he's got that C on his yeah. chest. He's, he's the last guy to wear 92 for the abs. Pretty much. I don't know if they'll retire it, but it'll at least be that unspoken type of thing. I think I think he's on his way, man. I mean, you look at yeah. their all-time ranks and he's already in in their Very top high. ranks in in their top 10 of a lot of different things. Yeah. And I get especially if he plays seven more years here than right. after this contract, that that'd be definitely a strong case <laughs> for it. Um that'd be awesome. Yeah. One final question here. It's not really a question, and, and it's more directed at me. Uh, but Ben asks about my career path up to this point and, and how I ended up at BSN Denver, which is, I think I actually answered that on the first ever podcast I did with you, AJ. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to run it down a little bit, basically, I lived in Colorado my whole life and followed the Avs. And once I got into college around 18, 19, I started following them a little bit more closely and I joined the Colorado Avalanche subreddit, which was, it's Reddit. If you know how Reddit works, it's just a bunch of random content created by a ton of different people or links to other content. And I started making clips of games on there. I been doing that for about three and a half or four years now. And that eventually rolled into an opportunity to start working on fan sites. I did some work for Mile High Hockey for a little bit, which eventually turned into Burgundy Rainbow. Along with that, I started up a YouTube channel covering the Avs, which I'm still doing today as well. And all of that just kind of kept working on content. And eventually an opportunity came along to start doing this pod with AJ. And here we are. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I'm still not really sure how it all happened. It was kind of a whirlwind, uh, but the past few years have just flown by for me. And and again, I'm just really excited to be here and be part of this team. And, and BSN is just such an amazing organization. I, I can't wait to start doing more and more content with you guys. It's, it's crazy to me, um, coming up on my fifth year covering the Avs, that yeah. we've gone from... Hey guys, we exist. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 you guys, we exist. Us, yeah. Pay attention to us. <laughs> to, I'm so excited to work for these guys. Right. Like, it's it's cool that we've built something that people, other people, are excited about externally, and view us as like a a, a worthy destination uh, for, you know wanting to do something wanting to wanting to make a career out of this 
And right. you know, I from for me, uh coming from the path that I did when we look for interns or we look for external help or we look for whatever, I don't just look at oh, well, here are the resumes that we have of kids in J school and we'll we'll sift through those. You know, we do that, but it's also who's creating content now, not right. who's telling me they want to create content, not somebody who says, oh, I think I'd be great at this. I'd love to do this, but somebody that's already doing it because I can guarantee you, like, this is not going to get anybody rich. You know, <laughs> that's not, that's not why you do this. You do this. So you don't have to get a real job. You know, this is, this, can is, confirm, yeah. this is a labor of love, you know, like I, <laughs> I quit, uh, my, my call center job at Airbnb, which I very much liked because this turned into a full-time opportunity for me and was like, okay, well now this is what I do for, for a living. This is my life. And yeah. you know, it's, and, and just speaking you know, about how you came to be a BSN from our side of things. Yeah. Um, it's who's creating content, who's already doing the job, but we will just want to, we just want to pay them to do it now. You know, who wants to create the content and who's just saying, Hey, I'm doing this because I like to right. do it. And we are we are a place that you know our we don't we don't always make the right decisions and we don't always do things at the highest level all the time our goal is that but the one thing that we want to do is we want to we want to outwork people yeah you know you look at everybody else covering hockey right now look at everybody else covering the abs and they've more or less gone dark this summer and you and I are on a Friday pod on August 2nd, answering questions and talking about lineups and future contracts. And well, we've spent more of this pod talking nonsense than any of the others we've done this summer. Uh, the, it's, it's also just that we're, st we're still here. We're still Absolutely. working and we're not yeah. going anywhere. We already are setting up pods for the next several weeks. I'm going on vacation. There will continue to be pods. There will be our written content is actually getting ramped up because we're going to start our player previews and there's not anybody else out there that's doing what we are, yep. you know, and I don't say that. I don't say that taking a shot at anybody. That's not me, you know, a shot across anybody's bow. I know, I know people on the outside are always trying to create media wars, but we're focused on what we are doing and there's not anybody out there that does what we do between written content and podcasts and video stuff, there's just nobody quite like us. And when we were looking for help this summer on the abs beat, you know, Dater decided that he wanted to move on. Jesse also just decided that his, his priorities had changed. Then we were looking around at, at people for the abs and it was like, well, the first person at the top of my list was Rudo. Because I was like, he's he's creating content that the community likes. The, the community, you guys, the listeners and the readers, you guys are the ones who are consuming Avalanche content. It only makes sense to go after people who are creating content that they already like.
You know, we don't we don't create content that we like so we can read it and we can high five each other and pat ourselves on the back. We want to create the content that you guys like. Rudo was already making it. So it just it just made sense. You know, it was like, hey, come on the pod for a couple of days. We'll see how this goes. It went really, really well. The reception to it was extremely positive. And it was like, all right, let's just keep trying this out for a little while. And then it just turned into, okay, we we know we want to do this. And now we just have to make sure we have to we have to make sure that this is the right fit for everybody so that you're excited we're just as excited like to have yeah. you on board man and to do this moving forward like i can't tell you how different the podcast feels over the last few <laughs> months because and this again no shot at anybody i'm not the, i'm in no way am i going to say anything negative about, about adrian or jesse uh it's just different you know, you and I have a different chemistry, a different feel for the show, and I'm I'm excited about I'm excited about getting you, uh, you know, getting getting credentials with the Avs and getting you into a locker room and actually seeing kind of how you exist in that atmosphere, and you can kind of start to see some of this stuff for yourself every once in a while, and yeah. and then you turn into one of those people that the community is already trusts to create content, but now you're in there and now you're seeing things. And, you know, that's only going to increase the level of quality of content that you can bring to people. So this is just a, this is a very symbiotic relationship. We needed, we needed help with the abs in, in creating the kind of, kind of content that we wanted moving forward. You're already doing it. We're much better today because you're a part of us. Well, awesome. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, I don't want to pump our own tires too much here, but <laughs> I think that's a good place to to end today's pod. I hope everyone's having a great Friday and enjoy your weekend. And as, as AJ mentions, we got a ton of pods planned and you'll hear from us again on Monday. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger maybe a remodel and so we certainly have preferred people to piper and piper to them from residential commercial and industrial piper electric can handle all of your electrical needs They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com.